Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org ay. That's puredesire.org ay. You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. What is up, people? I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 210 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Fine. Doing fine. Fine as fine can be. I'm fine. Kids are fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Is that from something or is that just something you wrote out? You know, that is from, for some of our listeners, they may have seen this video. It's John Lynch, the author of True Face, okay. who did a talk, boy, probably a dozen years ago that for a while, Pure Desire was really encouraging people watch before they started a group yeah. um, on the two roads. It was a part oh, of his yeah, two yeah. roads okay. talk. Yeah. And when he'd go into the room of, um, I can't recall what he called it, the performance room basically yeah. where everyone's wearing a mask. Yeah. That, that was their response. You know, when people ask how you are, fine, doing just fine, fine as fine yeah. can be. Yeah. I'm fine. Kids are fine. <laughs> uh, so that I always think of that when someone says fine, I'm like, oh. The I John always Lynch think video. freaked out, insecure, <laughs> neurotic, and emotional. Is that from, die hard? Or no, that's uh, Italian food? job. Oh, that's okay. Italian job. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Such a great movie. There's so many actors. That was my first introduction to so many of those actors. And now they're yeah. all people that I watch in all these crazy yeah. movies. It's so, yeah. Love that movie. Let's watch it later. Okay. <laughs> Um, so we had Rich Moore on to talk about, uh, really hope for betrayed men. It's not something we see very often, but, um, but it does happen. We're going to describe it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, We're going to keep I'm this like, on. We're not cutting okay, You're this, going so. right into like those three things. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's an important conversation because as we bring up in several places in today's conversation, it just doesn't get talked about as yeah. much. I think for men, there can be a lot of shame around it of yeah. their insufficiency to have a good relationship or what is it about me that wasn't good enough. And because it can hit at that personal level, sometimes it just gets swept under the rug or avoided. And yet there's a reality that, mm -hmm. that this is happening for a lot of men and women. We live in a very sex-saturated culture yep. and men and women are getting hooked up in things they didn't intend to and that impacts a marriage. And yep. so whether it's the the wife or the husband, who's feeling betrayed and wounded by their spouse's behavior, it, it needs to be discussed. It needs to be faced. And, yeah. and we just walked through today what that might look like. Yep. Yeah. And it is a good one. Riss is part of Rich's story. 
A few things real quick before we get into it. Subscribe to the podcast. We're on all the major platforms. You can also follow us on social media at Pure Desire PDMI, and you can see these full episodes up on YouTube. And then, Nick, we just want to remind people again that we have something called Team 58. Yes, Team 58. You know, one of the things that stands out to me a lot is when people will talk to me about Pure Desire and, oh, you, you guys are one of the big names and you're helping a lot of people. And there is some truth that among recovery ministries, nonprofits, we're one of the larger mm -hmm. ones which to me is so sad because I know the scope of who we help is a tiny, tiny drop in the bucket. And if we're one of the large ones, like there is so much blue water out there of lives that are not being impacted, of men and women that fall in to their time of crisis and they don't even know where to turn to, who to call for help. Yeah. And so that's why we've really begun to emphasize the need for people to partner with the Ministry of Pure Desire to join with us in what we're doing and help us further that message to, to get more video content out there, to reach more people. And that's what Team 58 is all about. Mm -hmm. That's that's the name of our monthly uh, giver program for those that have just said, hey, I'm a part of what happens at Pure Desire. And whether that's you know $10 a month or several hundred, it's a way that they're engaging and, and staying in connection mm -hmm. with us and, and us staying in communication with them. And all of it coming from a great passage at the end of Isaiah 58, where God says that your salvation or the prophet, you know, speaking for God says your salvation will come quickly. It'll break forth like the dawn yep. and you will be known as those who rebuild the broken walls and restore homes. Mm -hmm. And that's what Team 58 is yep. for us, that we are a part of helping rebuild homes, restore lives, and help people walk in freedom. Yep. And so just want to encourage people to consider becoming a monthly partner. Yep. And uh, when you do, you join Team 58, we send you some free stuff. And yep. um, Hopefully you get to feel like you're really a part of something. Yeah, and you absolutely will be. So go to puredesire.org slash give and join Team 58. All right, here's our conversation with our international groups coordinator, Rich Moore, on hope for betrayed men. All right, Rich, thanks for being back with us. Thank you. Thanks it's, for having me. It says I'm supposed to call you skinny here, which you yeah, are. You've lost a ton of weight. That's yeah. amazing. I Tell the feel, people I don't how much. feel skinny. How much? Uh, well... To be honest, I uh, I got to 131 and I gained a little bit back, so I think I'm at like 126. You know, there are people who never in their life will lose a quarter of that. So <laughs> you know, there are people who don't weigh 126. Yeah, <laughs> you lost a whole person. Please yeah. don't lose all of that. Yes. Uh, well, we're not here to talk about your weight loss. Yeah. Um, we're here to talk about another fun part of your life, though. Um, so most of the time, when we talk about betrayal, it usually has to spent toward women. Because that's the primary percentage of the couples that we meet is that the husband is the one who's struggling and the woman is the betrayed. But that's not always the case. And Rich, this is part of your story, um, being a betrayed spouse and your first marriage being in that. And so we wanted to really dive into how this actually can happen for men and really looking for hope for betrayed men. So that's what we're getting into today. Um, and the first question really is this, is there a difference in how it's experienced between men and women, men experiencing betrayal? Is it different? And if so, how? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I don't know if I have like a really great answer for that because guys are just, obviously we're wired different. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would say it in the overall scheme of things, it does because there, there's that trauma. There's that, that trust is all broken. But guys will just naturally handle it different. Yeah, and they'll just different. they'll just tend to move on and forget it because they don't want to deal with stuff. That's how we've been raised. It's mm -hmm. like you just kind of sweep it under the rug and don't worry about it. Um, but it usually comes out later in life, and yep. you know, especially if if the marriage is still rocky and because they've never resolved that issue. Yeah. Um, 
I think the pain is there, but guys in general don't like to face the pain. Yeah. And we see that just with guys who are struggling, totally. who are struggling, don't yeah. even like to go face yeah. the pain. Yeah. I mean, I think it's obviously painful in any situation when mm -hmm. someone that we are connected to at that deep, deep level is fixating on or pursuing someone other than us, yeah. whether it's in a real relationship or something in, you know, on screens or fantasy, it, 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 it's, there's pain with that. Yeah. But one of the things we do talk about a lot with um, women who struggle with sexual addiction or pornography is the way they can feel the double shame of not only do I have shame over what mm -hmm. I'm doing, but I have the shame over I have a man's problem. Right. And so in a sense, I, I think we could kind of reverse that for the man who is in the betrayal side is not only does he have the pain of why is my, my spouse, why is my wife doing this, yeah. but maybe that double shame of, well, this isn't supposed to happen to men. Yeah. This isn't supposed to, you know, men are supposed to be the ones that have mm -hmm. sexual addiction issues. That's more common. What's yeah. wrong with me? And I think that's where maybe it's primarily different because we've talked about it on this podcast that I think men are designed by God to fundamentally be looking for that sense of affirmation of, am I a man? Am I yeah. good enough? Yeah. Do I have what it takes? And there are very, you know, right and good ways that we can receive that affirmation from others. Yeah. But it's an area that Satan really can wound us because I would think in this area, maybe more than in any other, it would cause a man to doubt. Mm -hmm. Why am I not enough? Why am I not good enough? Why was my spouse not content with what we had? Mm -hmm. And so the way that I think our psyche can work against us as men can really cause a lot of struggle. So that's not to say women don't ask the same question. I just, I think the yeah. way they would phrase the question for themselves is a little different, yeah. uh, where for men, it strikes very deep at their value yeah. and identity. Yeah. And I think too, there's, um, there's a culture thing where, and you know, I've had some conversations with some pastor friends of mine that um, one in particular has mentioned over and over again, it seems like that men are taught that really the only negative emotion we're allowed to show is anger. Mm -hmm. And so when something like this happens, that's how it's going to come out. It's going to come out in, well, crying about it is like when my dad saw me crying when I was growing up, he told me to like stop being a little baby or stop acting like a yep. girl, right? And then, so I've got all this, you know, potential woundedness that's already there. And so for me, the only way to do it is to get big and get angry. And so mm -hmm. I think you'll see a lot of people in this situation, specifically men getting angry. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this, Rich. How common do you think the situation or scenario is? And I, I know you have a piece of this in your own story. So maybe share a bit of that as well with our listeners. Yeah, I think it's far more common than we know. Hmm. Again, going back to just guys just don't want to talk about yeah. it. It's that old kind of, you know, growing up playing baseball and sports, it's like when you get hurt, it's like, oh, rub some dirt on it and get totally. back out yeah, there. Right. So that's our right. mentality. Yeah. And because of that, guys just don't talk about this thing. We already talked about that. Yeah. But when you look at the statistics that we have just on the, the amount of women that are struggling, and then you tie the husbands kind of into that, you know it's out there. Mm -hmm. It's just guys aren't talking about it. Um which is, which is sad because it is when you're able to process some of that stuff. And then I remember going through the Hope for Men with, with another individual because I had never gone through it. Yeah. I've never, I was one of those guys that was just kind of, I'm just going to power through. And, right. and I was in recovery and doing my own work through on the recovery, on the addict side and, and in Seven Pillars. And actually I was leading groups and stuff. So, but going through that, then I was like, you know, I think it was just a couple of years ago, I started to realize like, oh, I didn't know I really struggled with that. Yeah. And I didn't even, because I just kind of buried it. Yeah. So I didn't even know that, yeah. wow, maybe I am a little 
hurt there. Yeah. Um, and not to put any blame on her cause I'm not going to do that, but I had to process my own pain yeah. out of that. So, right. um, but yeah, I think it's just far more common than we know. Yeah. You know, I just wish guys would open up about it. When you think about too, if it's so often when something like this happens, cause we talk about this all the time with the, the woman being the betrayed spouse is they feel like it's something that they've done or it's their yep. fault yeah, or like, somehow like they're they to blame. Failed. They're right. a failure. Right. And so uh, yeah. I can tell you right now that as a man, if I experience or even can like smell a hint of failure in my life, like I run away mm-hmm. and I try to avoid it. Yep. And so, and that's, I think that's more of a human thing, but I just know that, I mean, at least in my friends and even you guys here, like I know that's a part of it for men. Um, and because of that, I feel the shame because I feel like it's my fault or somehow I'm to blame. And now this thing happened and I don't want to have to admit it. So it's like this double portion of shame that I'm feeling. So why would I like, what's the, what's the benefit to me? Like, I'm just, if I tell people about it, I'm just going to have to tell people, which I believe actually is an inaccurate story of what happened. But I think that men caught in this can feel like I have to tell people this happened and it's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right that because of the failure and shame, it is more common for a man to either hide it or run from it. And so the marriage just ends and we don't hear from them because they're not looking for help. The man is just acting on anger and like, whatever, I'm out of here, forget it. And so rather than seeing that there is hope, there are other options. I think because they don't address the failure or shame, Mm -hmm. the marriage just implodes or they don't talk about it at all. And yet, you know, in answer to this question, like how common is it? The other thing we want to remember is that it takes two, right? Yeah. So we hear a lot about, you know, a guy who comes to group or to pure desire because he had an affair and he acted out with other women. Well, there's a partner in that affair. Yep, and yep. I think more often than not, it's a married woman. Yep. Um, so we don't always pay attention to that as much because there's almost sadly a cultural mm. thing that just says, well, men do, men have affairs, men cheat, men are cheaters. Um, but can forget, well, they're cheating with someone. And often that is a married woman. And mm-hmm. so when that's the case, just like we would say in, a, in one marriage, healing takes both. If there's been an affair, there needs to be healing in multiple families. Yeah. And we yeah. can't just yeah. focus on one or the that's other. True. And that may be something to remember for churches and for leaders. Like mm-hmm. if you come to a situation where someone's acknowledging an affair, as it's appropriate, you need to find out if there's ways you could care for the other half of the equation, the person yeah. who was in the affair with them and what's happening in their marriage. And um, because we don't always pay attention to both sides, but we really need to because I, I think it is common. Another distinction that I, I think is important to make is I think that there's also this like stigma with male, female, where if a woman is addicted to pornography, that that makes her more sexual and that can somehow be like attractive to a man or to a husband. Um, and so it's not just people who are having affairs. It's also pornography. I mean, we yeah. know that. Like if someone's yeah. addicted to porn, the spouse feels betrayed. But it's interesting because you are a betrayed spouse, whether you feel it or identify it that way or not. Mm-hmm. Like if your mm. wife is viewing pornography and masturbating, there is going to be betrayal. Like it's going to be experienced. Trauma is going to happen, whether you admit it or not. So whether you talk about it or even realize it. So I think it's important just to say that um, even though there are those stigmas with male, female, and how they might react to a situation like this doesn't mean that that limits the amount of betrayal that takes place. All right, so let's keep going. Because this doesn't fit into what people might expect, you know, we often assume, and and statistics would show it's a little bit more that there are men who are the ones who struggle or addicted and women who are betrayed. When it's this flip, as Nick mentioned earlier, you have the, like, a, a woman feeling like maybe she's dealing with something that's a man's issue. How do we help men who've experienced this betrayal break free of that double portion of shame and actually start sharing their story? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
We wrote them. It was I know. good. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, I really, I really think the the one thing I I was thinking is as you were asking the question is is guys we're we're so prideful, so we can have we as long as no, we I'm not yeah yeah <laughs> we can look as long as we look okay on the outside and this is the same for the addicts I do yeah. as long as we look good on the outside nobody needs to know and it's like I've talked to guys who who have been betrayed and they're like it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it really is. Yeah. And because, yeah. and a lot of these guys, like Nick said, some of these guys are actually in the pillars group because what's happened is yeah. they've married somebody who was, because we've been struggling with the addiction our whole life. Mm-hmm. They've Unhealth actually, finds unhealth. Yeah. Often. yeah totally. So they've yeah. found somebody that fits that who yeah. may also be mm-hmm. in that same situation. So not realizing when they, when they get together yeah. and get married that this person may have the issue. And now they're so focused on, well, their own healing that they really don't want to focus on the betrayed side because it's just too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is one of those areas where it is so important, again, what kind of pronouns and language we use around recovery because mm-hmm. many churches we've seen and many family yeah. units, many yeah. individuals are still stuck in a place of saying, well, all you men who struggle yeah. and all the women are betrayed yeah. and it's very, you know, one gender on each side of the equation. And that's unhelpful to so many that are in this reverse situation. And so as we encourage people, when we talk about this, we need to focus on the human condition, that we are all sexual beings. We're all born into a fallen world and and have to deal with our own brokenness. And whether that's things done to us or by us, we're people that are in need of redemption, of, of Christ's work in our life. And we might be the man who's been betrayed or the man who's struggling. And if if we can allow there to be both categories like this just all fits within brokenness and the need for redemption and whatever side you're on we're here to help and i think we can communicate that like i said as individuals or as churches to Mm -hmm. just create that atmosphere of this is an all of us together working towards wholeness not just you know those of you with that problem yep i think another thing too with this question is i i think when we hear the phrase share your story you think in front of the church from the (laughs) stage to everybody When in reality, what we mean is really just one person, at least one other person. And we talk about it so often on the podcast that when we share our story, it tends to unlock things in other people's story as well. Like, oh, I didn't realize that someone else experienced that. Mm -hmm. Now I feel empowered to start sharing my story. So I think you can almost look at it as like a, like a, a, a backwards pyramid scheme. Like you're, <laughs> you're building out in the sense that you're creating a lot of people who are now free to tell their stories. And it only has to start with one person. Yeah. It does not have to be you going to the pastor and saying, pastor, I have a really bad thing that happened. Do you have any time in the sermon this weekend? It's yeah. like, that's not what yeah. we're talking about. So Rich, talk a little bit about what does it look like for men to heal from betrayal? Uh, what What is required for them to take steps out of that and really return to a place of wholeness, peace, stability? What, what does that journey look like? Yeah, well, just like what, what Trevor just said, I think part of sharing your story and then maybe it starts with one individual because you have to be able to talk about it yeah. for one. Yeah. And if you're not talking about it, then it's just always going to be there. Um, so with the fact that it can start with one, um, obviously getting uh, in a small group where there's other guys because – it's no different than guys that are coming into the addiction, men or women that are coming into the, the addiction groups are like, I thought I was the only one, mm-hmm. you know, oh, there's more people that struggle with it because guys will initially think, well, I'm the only guy that, right. you know, 
I'm I've been cheated on. I'm, nobody else gets cheated. No other guys get cheated. Well, because that's that's what I hear from the front. It, exactly. So I've almost been bred to believe that. Yep. Yeah. So I think when we can accept the fact that I am not the only one, then it then it becomes easier to um, maybe take that step forward mm-hmm. and and reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, I I literally in all the groups I've led over the years, if I had to put a number, well, I don't even know what the number would be, but. Yeah. I would say a, a, a great majority of those guys have been on the betrayed side too. Yeah. Just because like we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. unhealthy finds unhealthy and then yeah. you put them together. Now they're both unhealthy. I mean, right. it's just, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. And I, I just think of um, anything that goes unprocessed is going to come out sideways yeah. in some way or another. And so like being in a group a community, being able to share a story, shared experience, you know, in, in some ways too, there's this like weird dynamic of, is it selfish for me to like find my voice in the situation and share my experience and my pain and create boundaries? Like it almost feels like that's the unloving thing, especially mm-hmm. in the church. I think there's an assumption that that's what that looks like. And so I think that we need to um, be willing to not only share it, but also acknowledge what we're feeling and be able to share that with our spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and and process. You have to process it or it's yeah. going to come out sideways. Yeah, it, it strikes me how important it is in this situation, as it is in any recovery journey, but maybe especially for men, that they they see those stages of the grief cycle and realize like this is a, a loss you have to grieve. Yep. The kind of relationship you had isn't there. The, maybe the hopes you had for that marriage or relationship aren't going to pan out in the way you thought. And so there is grieving. And so that, you know, working through shock and denial, and denial might be the guy who's saying, well, it's no big deal. I'm not going to think about it. We're just going to move on. Right. Um, moving into bargaining, that may be a guy who's saying, well, you know, I'm not a great person either. I've made my own mistakes. Yeah. And so, you know, we just, we kind of rationalize it. Um, moving into anger, like letting us, letting ourselves mm-hmm. feel it and, yeah. and letting it matter, but then ultimately moving to acceptance and facing reality and, and being willing to live in it until that grief kind of works through us. Um, that's what healing looks like for so many of us in any journey. Yeah. Uh, but I also think related to that, maybe it, what you guys were bringing up for for some guys, their their reaction is just to push it away, and they don't really know how to feel it or experience it, so they have no emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're in this situation and we feel like I don't really care about it, I have no emotion, yeah. that's actually something to explore as well yeah. because it this this matters. Right. I mean, if if this is in our core relationship, our marriage, mm-hmm. it fundamentally does matter. And yeah. if something in us isn't even able to recognize that. That's a question we want to process with a friend or maybe a counselor that can help us get under the surface a little bit to say, what is it about our way of coping with pain, yep. discomfort mm-hmm. yep. that has allowed us to just push these emotions totally out of yep. the way? Because like you were saying, Trevor, it's not that they're not there. It's just that we're not facing them. Yeah. And so getting help with that, I think, could be crucial too. Yeah. When we're taught not to feel, I mean, we've been programmed right. not yeah. to feel as right. guys from birth basically well and two like negative feelings suck therefore <laughs> when i feel them i don't want them which is why people numb out which yep. is why people drink and watch we porn go lift and weights or exercise yeah. there's so or many ways yeah. Or yeah whatever yep that's just totally in the makeup i think yeah. for us as broken humans so um all right so we talked about it you mentioned it already but let's talk a little bit about the resource that we have for men who have experienced betrayal trauma yeah so it's a hope for men material it's roughly 16, 20 weeks, roughly, I think yeah. it'd take to get through it. Um, like I said, I've taken a few guys through it. And and the first time when I went through it with an individual, I was going through it for myself too, just because I knew it was yeah. in my, and yeah. then I just tell you that the, the basic 
process was just really eye-opening. It was like, wow. I mean, I knew I had stuff, obviously, from my own story. Yeah. But there's a lot of crossover in there of just like feelings and all that stuff and, and processing some of that. So mm-hmm. I was I was pretty surprised how the stuff I've learned in Seven Pillars and going through this, some of that was in kind of worked in a yeah. lot of a lot of like yeah. the family stuff yeah. and in the backgrounds in the history. So uh, I just think it's a great uh, a great resource. Um, and we do have, you know, we have leaders that are ready to lead that online. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. You know, another resource we have that people might find useful is a, a book that was authored by Rick and Tiffany Bowman. Um, Rick and Tiffany have been a big part of Pure Desire and leading groups and helping others. But but their story that they share in their book, Mended, is is this one where uh, the affair side was with her and, and his reaction to it. And uh, what I really appreciate about Mended, uh, one, I mean, there's a chapter at the end written by their kids and their recovery journey. Beautiful. And that if you can read that chapter without tearing up, Man, you know, that's just a powerful, powerful yeah, chapter. You need to but, start feeling your feelings if that's yeah, where that you're chap- at. <laughs> that chapter will help you get in touch with your yeah, emotions. You it's it's just beautiful the way their kids are processing their new life. And But what I like about their approach is both Rick and Tiffany take an honest look at themselves. Um, Rick wasn't blaming himself for the affair, but was able to look at what was I bringing into the relationship mm-hmm. that created an environment where my wife couldn't tell me about these yeah. things, where we didn't have the level of intimacy mm-hmm. that I was aware it was going on. And and so he was able to, I think in the book, he processes both his contributions without blaming, but also processes what he had to work through in terms of recovering from that betrayal and yeah. learning to trust again. And what did it look like to repair that marriage? Um, and and then Tiffany, obviously processing her side as well. But I, I'm just not aware of many stories like yeah. that that are yeah. out there, especially yeah. to that level where it's not just one side or the other bashing the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so look for Mended on our store. That yeah. could be a great entry point if you're listening to this and saying, I, I don't know how I would ever tell another person or... Yeah beyond, you know, this close friend that I've told about it, I'm, I don't want to deal with it. I think reading Mended could really help you enter into someone else's story and look at some of the steps they took towards health. Yeah. We'll make sure Mended is in the show notes and also Rick and Tiffany share a little bit of their story in our sexual integrity one-on-one video course too, mm-hmm. if you're interested to hear more of their story. So Rich, we're talking a lot about for the man, what does recovery look like? What steps to take? What does it look like for the relationship or the marriage that that when it's possible, and we know sometimes it may not be up to them, mm-hmm. maybe the marriage has already ended, but in a lot of stories, the relationship is kind of at play, like which direction is it going to go? Mm-hmm. So what can men do? What does restoration look like after a husband has experienced betrayal and is starting to find maybe some traction in his own recovery? Yeah, it's it's... It's great because I, I have the same conversation with guys that I've taken through the Hope for Men as I do with the guys in Seven Pillars. So, you know, you may decide to leave your spouse or your spouse may decide to leave you. But I let them know, I encourage them to say, you need this. You need to go through this. Regardless yeah. of what happens with the marriage, you need to be able to process the pain and the yeah. trauma that you just went through. And to be able to move forward. Now, the goal is, as we know, is to have husband and wife in their respective groups doing the process together and then possibly counseling as well. Um, But and I think when they you know, the success rate of that to get when they're doing it together, it's just much higher. Um, But I, I do let them know that regardless of what happens, this is something you have to do because there's those underlying last thing you want to do is just the marriage uh, dissolves and then you'd become this angry guy for right. the rest of your life, yeah. which really creates 
so many other unhealthy relationships because yeah, nobody wants to be around worse. you. Yeah, right. Your kids don't want to be around you. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. because that guy now blames his wife for everything. Right. Regardless of what happened, I see so many times where guys just trash their wives. Yeah. And I'm like, you yeah. can't do that. Right. She's wounded. You were wounded. You founded, found each other. Yeah. Again, you're both wounded and you're just taking it out on each yeah. other. And the last thing you want to do is have your kids in that process hear you trash their mom. Well, and that's where I would go with that is that look, uh, restoration, don't just look to the marriage, look to the family as well. So if you have kids, like this isn't something that you and your spouse figure out and then never tell your kids about. Like your kids need to know the history of your family for a number of reasons. You can make an epigenetics argument. You can make, uh, well, (laughs) you can make the argument very clearly how it impacts them, whether they even realize it or not, they feel something's going on with mom and dad and they start acting differently because of it. And so it's something that like, you can't just work at just the, um, I think of like, if a missile hit the ground, you can't just like go to that site alone. You also have to go around to all the impact it's had in the surrounding areas, that being your household with your kids. Yeah. As you were sharing, Rich, what I think it's called is the pain principle, which says pain can't fix pain. So if you're in pain because of betrayal, I think there is something in it's like, well, I'll show her and I'll go, I'll cheat on her or I'll go do these stupid things. Like now I'm causing more pain and that's not going to fix the pain I'm in or make it better. Um, I've never, I'll tell you this, I have never heard a single story where someone went out and showed them and it made their situation better, right? Like it's just, it creates an implosion. And if that's where we're stuck, you know, my encouragement as you were saying, Rich, like walk through some of this material first. Just decide I'm not going to do anything drastic or major for six months. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to sit in this difficult situation. I'm going to look for help. I'm going to connect with others. I'm going to walk through a group. And and if at the end of six months you're in the same place saying I can't trust this person, it's not working, you know, then you're you're making the yeah. decision out of a place of more health and kind of steadiness versus just mm-hmm. reacting to the pain or the emotions of it. Uh, the other thing then I'd say a lot of this question is dependent on what is the attitude of your spouse. Yeah. So if if your wife is living in denial or blame or rationalizing or not wanting help, you know, go back and listen to our podcast on one-sided healing. And what if my struggling spouse doesn't want help? Because you're in a difficult situation that you may have to decide, is there enough trust? Because trust is the foundation of intimacy. Is there enough trust for this relationship to work? Um, and that's a really hard place to be. Now, hopefully... For a lot of men, their spouse is repentant, working on their own healing. And in that case, I think restoration looks like starting to, to come together on these conversations, maybe working through mm-hmm. our couple's workbook connected or doing the counseling at Pure Desire, which we've talked about. The One of the unique things about our modality is the way that it's couples counseling couples. Yeah. So it's a male-female team working with you as husband and wife. Yep. And when you're doing that work together, the restoration that can come into your marriage is really, really phenomenal. So I would say look for those opportunities where where can your individual healing now really become about your coupleship yeah. or your marriage healing? And yeah. those opportunities will really make a big difference. Modality and coupleship. To, <laughs> I love both those words. Just Thank throwing you. them out there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, Rich. So because this is part of your story, I mean, you have a unique position, I think here. Um, and obviously Nick and I have encouragement too, but just what encouragement would you leave to a man who's listening to this, who has experienced betrayal trauma and is just unsure of what's next or what healing even looks like? Yeah. Um, I think Nick just mentioned it. I, the biggest thing, and I've told the guys is like, this is not, and then for those listening, this isn't your green light to go do the same thing. Yeah. 
Um, we're not going to process the pain by going out and having an affair just because she did it. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Um, what I do tell guys is if this is happening to them, uh, you know, we signed a covenant with them in marriage for better, for worse. And our job as a husband is to love them no matter what and, and try and, and just yeah. Yeah. process that and, and understand where they are. Cause like I said earlier, most of the guys that I've run into, the, well, actually all the guys for the most part, because yeah. I'm doing the, the addict side, the yeah. seven pillars, for those that have been cheated on, so they understand the addict side already. Yeah. And because they understand that, it's right. like, don't make quick decisions. Understand that she's wounded. She's processing some yeah. pain that yeah. maybe she was abused when she was a child. Yeah. She grew up with without a dad at home. And maybe there's some of those things that she's not, she hasn't shared with her husband mm-hmm. yet and take that as an opportunity to say, okay. And then you could process that. And maybe that begins a conversation of yep. that stuff starts coming out. Yep. So uh, that would be one encouragement just to, you know, I mean, our wives love us when we make mistakes. I can still love my wife if she makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just have to process that. Um, and then just don't be afraid to reach out. I think that's the yeah. biggest part is, yeah. again, yeah. guys just don't reach out when they're hurting on the betrayal side. Yeah. You know, there's so many guys out there that need this group. We know there's guys that need this group. Maybe not a lot of guys understand the process of what it looks like. But hopefully now we, we've talked about it. And then I just encourage you to sign up. We have, like yeah. I said, we have some leaders that are ready to go. We've tried to put it on there before, but we just haven't had much traction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't be afraid. To, I mean, if, especially for the guys that are in Seven Pillars that have this, I would encourage them to also do, you know, run through this because yeah, it's going to help. Right. It's going to help both sides. Yeah. 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 I think that's such a great point, Rich. Just like we say to betrayed female spouses, his addiction isn't about you. Yeah. We need to say the same to betrayed men. Like her addiction isn't about you. Yeah. You can't be perfect enough to fix it. And it's not your weaknesses that led to it. And when we start to see the family of origin stuff, the the way they're dealing with pain, it can help us take a different posture towards healing because now we're not putting ourselves either yeah. in the seat of blame, I caused this, or right. the seat of the, the rescuer that I can fix this because yeah. neither are going to work out well for us or our spouse. So it, it, it's a difficult situation. I mean, even if their addiction isn't about us, it really, really hurts us. Yeah. And and part of it's just acknowledging that this is difficult. So don't walk through it alone. Yeah. Reach out, like Rich said. And I think the only other piece I'd add is this is an opportunity to, to really discover our identity in Christ in a deeper way, because I think many men in this situation will suddenly find out how much they found their sense of value or identity in their marriage, totally. in their spouse, yep. being a provider, you know, being the husband. And now it's like all of that kind of gets pulled out from under us totally. and it can feel like, well, who am I? What? Well, who you are has not changed because who you are is who God has made you to be, who you are in Christ. And those things are firm and secure regardless of what people around you choose to do. And so it's sometimes in these very painful times that we we can discover the beauty of God's truths in a new way. And that's, I mean, that's not fun or easy, yeah. but it's definitely the kind of situation people can look back on and say, I'm grateful for what came out of it because of how I learned about myself in a new and deeper way. And so if you can keep your eyes on that hope or opportunity even a little bit, I think it can give you the strength and courage you need to walk through this difficult situation. Totally. Yeah, and I'd add one more thing too. It's like I was just thinking about it. It's like what an opportunity for guys uh, to show their wives 
what true love really is because they've never experienced it growing yeah. up. Yeah. As even though there's a mistake and they, they did this, and, and especially for the guys in the Seven Pillars group who have experienced this, what an opportunity to show yeah. the love of Christ through their actions towards their wife and not mm. saying, you know, because you did this, I'm going to yeah. do this and just totally wreck the marriage. Now sometimes that happens. Totally. But there's an opportunity there, especially because as guys we understand mm-hmm. the addict side. Yeah. But say, I'm going to choose to love you through this. Yeah. I think there was a song through it, "Love You Through It" or something like that. But I think there's an opportunity to enter show it grace. in here, Justin. Just no, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Music so. begins playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for better yep. or for worse. Yep. You know, yeah. and this is maybe part of your worse, but Lord willing, it can yep. lead you into your for better. As I hear you saying that, 100% agree. I also think at the same time, people can do the use that to like spiritual bypass oh, what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the thoughts I had as we're closing is just yes, um, if your marriage does not make it. Yes, that is a failed marriage, but that does not mean that it is your fault that it has ended. You can still do your work. You can still get healthy. You can still take steps forward. But if your spouse doesn't want to be in it, do not live the rest of your life thinking you're a failure because one marriage failed. Like that does not define you and that's not your identity. And I also could think that there may be some people who are listening who've experienced betrayal, guys who are listening, who've experienced betrayal and think like, I'm all good. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I think I'm okay. Like maybe I've processed it. I would just ask, are there places in your life or pockets during the day where you uh, like obnoxiously overreact or underreact to situations? Oh, yeah. And if that's what's going on, there may be a lot more going on to the surface than you realize. <laughs> like if I overreact, you know, cause for me, I think of with my kids, if my kid is asking me to do something that he asks me to do every single day and today I'm blowing up at him for no apparent reason. That's an indication something was going on yep. underneath the surface. So I would just kind of scan your life and try to figure that out. And, and don't just say like, I'm okay because I'm not seeing it or I'm not wanting to go out on a binger or something yeah. like that. doesn't mean you're not experiencing a trauma. So, yeah. uh, okay, this is not a fun situation. Um, and I don't think that statistics show that it's super, super common, but we often use that, I think, to maybe justify it away. Um, or not process it as Mm -hmm. men if we have experienced this just because it's, quote, not common. Men experiencing betrayal need to feel this. We made that really evident through the episode, process it, and also get into a safe group. We have Hope for Men. and We have online groups, correct, for Hope for Men as well. So wherever you're at, you can get into one of these. And restoration of marriages is what we're after here, but ultimately your health is most important. So even if your marriage does not make it, your health is very, very, very important. So not letting betrayal wreak havoc for the rest of your life is why healing is so important. So Rich, thank you for sharing your story. I know that's a hard part of your story. And then also just adding your perspective to the conversation. Yeah, no problem. And wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness or betrayal trauma, go to puredesire.org and let's start the healing journey today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Each week we put out new content to help you on the road to freedom from the effects of sexual brokenness and betrayal trauma. That is a lot of words. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about 
women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.